What's up, Painless Flipping Podcast listeners? Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something special for you. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining an amazing podcast, and I wanted to share that conversation with you all. It's a fantastic discussion you won't want to miss. So without further ado, let's jump into that crossover episode and hear what we had to say. Enjoy. Your question was, are people are worried about wholesalers? Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, so initially, yeah, just kind of out of understanding your business model and wholesaling, um, like initially when we, I had a buddy who funded us on a flip Okay. and this wholesaler, his fee was $105,000 on this. And, you know, being in real estate as an agent, as a broker, I've never made $105,000 on any commission transaction. I thought that was just bonkers. I was like, oh, whoa. Like, you know, I've, I've been aware of this house for, for a while. And I was like, and my buddy who's way more experienced in flipping than I was, was like, dude, don't even worry about it. It's all chill. It's part of the game. I cannot believe, yeah, the fact that that wholesaler was able to find that deal and get that fee, that just means he was able to negotiate it really low or the seller. I don't know what the situation was. Like I've made big wholesale fees as well, but I can't speak to like how their sales process is or how they talk to the seller. Like what I do when I talk to sellers is I present the options that they have in order to sell their home. So I say, Mm -hmm. hey, look, you can sell your home on the MLS. You're going to make the most money that way. It's obvious. You're going to have more eyes on it. If you don't want to do that, you can flip it right now if your house is distressed, and then you're going to make the most money that way. And then I kind of find out what they want to do. So if they're like, look, I don't have the money to flip it. I don't have the time. I don't like agents. I don't like people walking through my house. I don't want to do that. And I say, hey, well, you know, your option's a cash option. I can buy this and, and, and close really quick, but that's also not going to be, you know, you're not going to make the most, but we can get it done seven, 14 days, whatever, no inspection, blah, blah, blah. And those people are, they understand, at least when they talk to me, their options and, you know, what they can do to buy and, you know, sell their home. So again, I don't know what that wholesaler said, but. No, it was, yeah. it was a home run deal. Like it was a, a crazy, great flip. And yeah. wow. the fee was, the fee was worth it. Was it in Utah? It was in Utah. I don't technically want to disclose the exact location of it just because you don't have to know yeah, that's, that's amazing, but it was, yeah, it was a triple digit flip. It was wow. So nice you one. made triple digits and then the wholesaler made trip like over, dude, that's a, that person must've just given the house away then, huh? Well, the house was wrecked. The house was trashed. It was in bad condition. I, now I understand. Cause like naturally like talking with, you know, my buddy who was helping me flip this house, I was like, I'm curious to, I was like, why we're like, why don't people just fix it up and sell it themselves? You know I mean? This is, this is a lot of difference on that equity. Yes. You know? And then it's just like, the question kind of came to mind. It was just like, it's crazy how a little bit of cat piss, like just drives the value into the ground. Like they don't want to take, they don't want to take that house to the MLS and they don't want to have agents walking through it. Like, you know, the agents with their high heels and place was disgusting. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a significant amount of, you know, like it was more than a football field's worth of trash hauled out of that place. Yeah. I just walked a house. I had dog, it's seven cats, three dogs, poop everywhere, window seals, just everything. And the seller just wanted to sell for cash. And he obviously he's, he's an investor. He knew he could list it, but he's like, look, I'm this tenant. He might, you might have to evict him. There's issues. So there's, there's peace of mind. And that's kind of like what I would say not just wholesalers, but investors in general that buy straight from off market. Like they provide that peace of mind because they just get it done. People want mm-hmm. that. Well, and another question too, is because just because like, you know, we've started to make some offers on places and I see when people want to, 
you know, avoid a commission kind of sometimes can put us in a good deal to negotiate better, you know, mm -hmm. on this, on, on certain said investment properties. But the, the biggest thing that I've like looked at is like, I've never figured out, like, you know, you, you get you and your group, you pitch a lot of wholesaling. I've, I've watched quite a, you know, a few videos, especially mm -hmm. when I was really interested in that. I was like, what is wholesaling after? Like, I didn't even know what this was. And right. I was like, how's this guy make that much money and no liability in, you know, a few weeks worth of work. Right. Um, but the, uh, the biggest thing I was like, how, how do, how do I ever wholesale a deal as an agent? But the problem is, is I like, I've decided that I just don't think I can technically because I don't think it fits the business model unless it's like super transparent, but it's like, I'm like, you could probably sell this on market for $200,000 more. And I could, uh, you could only pay me a 15 grand commission, you know, like you, you just, I think you could wholesale and be, I know a lot of agents that wholesale and it's mm -hmm. like, uh, you just give them the options and you let them decide. And it's as simple as like, Hey, we can take this stall market. You're going to make more money. You're going to have, it might take a month or two, or I know some buyers that can buy it right now. And, uh, and I can, you know, if you tell me what price makes sense, I'll see if I can get them, uh, anyone to buy it. And then you just add yeah. your fee on top and you can even tell them like, Hey, I'm also adding my fee on top. Um, you can disclose it, whatever you want, whatever helps you sleep at night. You know, um, a lot of investors will double close. They'll actually buy it, the house with transactional funding and then they'll sell it. So they actually own it. So wholesaling, if it ever does become outlawed, the assignment of a contract, you're going to be able to double close. You're going to be able to buy, uh, you know, get something in your own LLC, you know, sell that LLC uh, with the property in that LLC that owns it. So, you know, there's always going to be ways to go and, you know, sell properties. That makes sense. And you're not worried about any tax hits on like actually double closing. It would be the same tax hit if you just wholesale there. Right. Uh, I think when you own it, it you, it's like a flip. Mm -hmm. So yeah, obviously you, you got to pay taxes, but you're not going to get away from that. Yeah, totally. No, that makes sense. No, that's chill. Yeah. After the, the other actually wholesaler was actually an agent. So it was like really, it was a big curiosity because yeah, again, it's just being transparent and, and, and if people aren't, then that's just, that's how they do business. Right. Yeah. And so typically when you tie up a wholesale deal, you specifically say you act as if you're going to buy it or you tell them, Hey man, I'm going to wholesale this. You know, it depends on the situation. Like for example, if I'm have a house that like I, I will buy, but uh, you know, I find someone that will pay more, I'll just wholesale it. And I would have full intention of buying it because it makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it's like something like, for example, if I get a house in Texas right now, and someone's like, hey, will you buy this? I'll say, I don't really do work in that area, but I have a lot of uh, people in my network that do. I can put this in front of them and see what they'd pay for it. And then if they say, okay, do that, then I find someone to pay 200. I'll say, hey, I can get you 180. And then I would assign it to them for 200 or get an invoice or do whatever to get paid uh, from mm -hmm. that buyer. Okay. And what's your lack of liability with wholesaling? Like, earnest money, I know sometimes has to become pretty dang high and non-refundable depending on the terms, but is it pretty low when you're wholesaling? Uh, liability, like with earnest money you're talking about? And that's what I'm saying. Liability as far as not like personal liability, but I'm talking liability as such of like, oh man, he wants a hundred thousand dollars down for non-refundable earnest money. Is that yeah. not a thing? No, no. Usually can get away with like a hundred dollars down, like for earnest money, five hundred bucks, thousand. Uh, because we're speed, right? So if someone's like, I need a hundred thousand dollars down, I'm like, 
look, I have a, I'm closing in 14 days or seven days. Like I'm either going to buy it or not. And I'm not here to waste your time. So we have a lot of properties we buy. And, you know, so if we had a hundred thousand dollars on everything out, we would, you know, it would be a waste of our time and our money. Like, so that's just not how we operate. That totally makes sense. Well, and that's just the difference sometimes with like the MLS and other versions of it. Right. Um, another question specifically would be like, so especially like on your first deals, tying stuff up or flipping them or, you know, investing part of that too, is just to try to like, you know, help under, understand how people can, I would love to be able to show the people how they could actually invest in real estate. We have a lot of like people have family members or other things that they could just use the tax benefits of investing in real estate. Right. My questions are like, how much anxiety did you feel on your first deal? Like how afraid were you and how excited were you? All these random questions to kind of help, you know, remember that first transaction. Uh, so for my first wholesale deal, since you never own the property, it's, there's not a lot of anxiety in buying, like doing the deal. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. Like finding the, you know, trying to do the process. Can, like if you're brand new to anything could be, um, nerve wracking, but it's, yeah, it's not, I, I would say I'm like not very nervous at all because if you don't have a buyer that's going to buy it and you cancel within your, um, due diligence period, which you've agreed with the seller, like it's like any other MLS deal. Like how many people cancel on the, you know, uh, on the MLS when say, you know, a seller will say, I'm gonna buy this and they cancel like the day of like, it's that's mm -hmm. just part of real estate. Yep. No, that totally makes sense. Well then, so then wholesaling, but then actually going to investing, I assume you have rentals or buy and hold or you just complete. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I've focused mainly on wholesaling over the last couple of years, but I do have a mm -hmm. couple rentals and the way that I look at uh, the business is like, I'm, I'm looking for a great deal. So if something were to go wrong, like I have a lot of equity, so not very nerve wracking for me. If I were to buy something that didn't have a lot of equity and I'm not really cash flowing uh, a lot, if I'd be nervous for sure, I'd be like, Oh man, I, you know, and a lot, I think a lot of people try to get into real estate before they even have a lot, the money for maintenance, repairs, vacancies, like they're not prepared. So, um, I think there's someone in my mastermind that's like believes that like most people like there's more people that lose money than make money in real estate uh, because they try to get in way too early uh, mm -hmm. and they like read Kiyosaki's book and they're like, yeah, let me just get a ton of assets. And then something happens. Vacancies, like I was saying, they, they're not able to float it. That's why there's so many tired landlords, you know, the list absentee owners that like wholesalers and investors at targets because a lot of people don't know what they're doing. Mm hmm. I was, uh, this was a few years back, but I was, uh, I was in real estate agent, you know, for a while, but I was in college and I was a real estate agent. I was actually like helping somebody's invest. Some of these guys had, you know, they had kind of daddy's money to help back them and right. they're having funny and we're having fun on, uh, you know, finding them some serious cash flow. And I had another kid buddy who was like, I made, you know, he's like, I made all this money from summer sales and he's like, wanted to invest and he was determined that he wanted to invest in Provo, Utah. This is where I was right. going to school. And which is like, I'm like, dude, not really good cash flow right now. And he was like, so determined. And, you know, I wasn't interested in helping him the transaction, but he was telling me, he was pitching me this deal. And he's, he told me that he was going to make $17 per month cash flow after mm -hmm. everything. I told him that's going to be gone by the time you have your first water heater and then COVID hit and he just, everybody moved out and dude, he just got wrecked and he's doing dude. fine on other stuff. But I was like, 
man, like, I don't think that's a good deal. If it's not my job to say, I don't represent no, you. Oh, that's scary, bro. And I think there's a lot of people that get into this, that, uh, there's a lot of coaching companies out there as well that like teach people how to get into rentals. And like half the people I've seen, like a lot of people I saw in that program, like they're not ready. Like they're just scrounging up like their last cent for the down payment. If they do qualify. Yeah. It's, it's, it can be a difficult, do you know who, um, Jerry Norton is? Uh, of course. Yeah. I follow yeah. Jerry. Yeah. So Jerry, me and Jerry are tight. And I was talking to him the other day and he was telling me about like, he thinks people, again, people get into it way too early. So if people are nervous, they probably should be, especially if they're not getting a good, you got to have at least 300 to $500 in cat, like cash flow every month and mm-hmm. like have some equity because if not, you know, you see like pace more being, you know, shout out to I like pace, but um, like a lot of these guys talk about deals they do but the, they have the discretionary income. They got multiple streams of income to like handle those if something goes wrong. But the the people that are trying to invest, like they don't know that or they yeah about that. Well, it's like pace. If you have 1500 properties cash flow on you, you know, like you right. can be just fine. One, yeah. bad, one deal goes bad, you sell it, you move exactly. on. Exactly. And plus he's got tons of companies, you know, he's got VA companies, he's got coaching companies. Like, you know, if something bad goes happens, you actually losses are probably good for him. <laughs> yeah. Honest taxes. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that's cool. Um, so to, to get and a to actually achieve those goals of the three hundred to five hundred dollar cash flow, are you pure value add? Or you've been able to find some deals where you didn't have to add any value as far as physical labor and construction? It's hard to find, I would say, a property here in Utah at least that if you're not going to add value, that someone will leave that kind of meat on the bone on on a mm-hmm. deal. Um you can achieve that in different states like the Midwest, uh, the South, if you're willing to invest in other states. But here in Utah, yeah. like, it's very difficult unless well, you add the, value. Yeah, that's the thing. Like about the Midwest, I, like there's 10 and 11, 12, 13 caps going on right now. But the problem is, is like I've heard some people say they don't want to invest in the Midwest because they just create more land and their appreciation doesn't really, you know, yeah. increase. Yeah, like uh, my my buddy who used to be my business partner when I was wholesaling, um, now I'm solo, but his dad invests in Missouri. So St. Louis, like that's good, good return. The properties are low, but they don't really appreciate. That's just how it is. Like, so you're really just going for cash flow, And then the, the, the quality of people, like you got to deal with those, like the people, the kind of lower, lower tier, no offense to them, but it's just, that's just how it is. So you yeah, know, you got to pick your poison. So that's always been the biggest debate back and forth. And I, maybe that's, your question cash flow or equity if you don't if you can't get both yeah i i'm not uh, i don't really play in the equity game yet like i'm not that balling where i'm like hey i'm cool to wait i'd rather use money to make me money now than just like mm-hmm. hope it does and so it's like cash flow or uh accumulate money and then you know if i need to place in assets because i'm gonna get taxed or i need to you know allocate it i'll do that but mm-hmm. yeah not i'm not equity play yet that makes sense. Well, so another question to you on that tax um, item that you brought up. Uh, if you flip a property, if you like, I think you call it wholetailing when you take the whole deal, right? Yeah. You close on it and then you throw it on the MLS and you own it and you, you sell it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you take the whole deal or you just sell it or you flip it, um, are you allowed to 1031 those into other stuff or do you just have to take the tax hit? You, you can 1031 it. Okay. If you found it oftentimes harder to 1031 or is it just easier just to sell it and take the take the hit for us because because we're not like uh consistently trying to flip we've just taken the hit 
that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. So yeah, that's kind of probably a significant portion of my questions. I've just been really curious to be honest about wholesaling after that first deal. Um, after seeing that, like on that, you know, that, that figure, I thought that was a lot of money, but then I realized, oh, wow. Like, you know, these wholesalers have this tied up and it's a significant amount of money. So they have a, they have even a larger ability or maybe a larger responsibility than an agent making $15,000 off of a deal to actually go find it. You know, like if I was going to get paid a hundred thousand dollars, Oh bro. Yeah. To flip, yeah, you- flip a contract you know, I might just scour the the nation. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what? yeah, that's a, that's exactly right. And I think the issue why people don't like a lot of wholesalers, um, like we kind of talked about in the beginning, is they will lock up properties that are not good deals and try to sell them when they can't. Like right now, I'm mm-hmm. looking at two deals from the wholesaler. They're, they're not they're not good deals. So they they have the seller under contract. They're trying to find someone to buy it, and I don't think they will because they're they're at the wrong price. They're too high. So I think people get frustrated by that because they're like, you know, getting their time wasted. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had my time wasted like a hundred, like so many times on the MLS with retail buyers too. So it's not like only wholesalers that waste people time. It's just buyers in general. Yeah. And even some sellers, like even some listing agents right now, you know, it's like you make an offer and you're like, okay, like we're prepared to make you a very generous offer. And they're like, oh yeah, we're already prepared to reject it. You're like, it's $10,000 under asking price, you know? Yeah. And you're like, dude, like, I don't know after you've seen like the interest rates and like, I know the seller's making $350,000 in equity over 18 months. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's a weird time. A fair offer. So that's the biggest thing is like, biggest questions too is I think, you know, I guess the wholesalers have access to some of these deals because there's a lot of non deals. It's like, I don't, I haven't been able to find a deal on the MLS. Well, that's the thing is like, if you look at the MLS, I'll give you an example. So uh, like a couple months ago, there's a house listed at 450 in American fork. And I mean, I looked at it and it was a piece of crap. So I was like, they're not getting 450. 450 is like almost retail. So I called mm-hmm. the guy and I said, Hey, I'm, Look, you know, I know you got listed at four four fifty. You're probably just trying your best to get as much as you can. I I'll offer like three three thirty three forty, and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, right. And he kind of like laughed and he's like, never, no way. So later it came back to me because one of the students that I work with locked it up at three seventy five, because people were kept on like you know bringing them down, bringing them down. So the student came to me and like, hey, can you help me find a buyer for this? Like. Um, I'm not able to find anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're too high. You're just 375 is still too high. And I I found a buyer at like 350. And they I said, go back to the uh the the agent and say, hey, we can do like 330 or uh what was it like 325 so we can make 25k. Mm-hmm. And the agent accepted because there was a lot of things not disclosed that the agent didn't tell, like the, the parcel was jacked up, like the, you know, so you had to get a new survey and it, well, you weren't getting exactly what you thought. So anyway, we ended up getting the deal for, uh, you know, 325 and I wholesale it to a buyer for 350 on something that he originally, I was originally willing to pay him more, but it just took forever. So I, you know, we got him for less. So there are deals on the MLS. It's just, you have to make offers, talk to agents, find the right opportunity. It's pretty time consuming, but that's what, uh, that's what you do. Like just cause it's listed high doesn't mean they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, appreciate your time. I'm trying to think about any other questions I have specifically. That's the biggest thing is like, what's your advice maybe to those that think that there's no deals or can't get in the market right now? Yeah. Yeah. So my advice is there, there's so many deals. Uh, I was my, I have a family member who's had their house listed for high and now she's calling me. She's like, what can I do? I need to sell this thing. So she's exploring seller finance, creative terms, like mm -hmm. cash offers looking at, because she wants to sell, like it's 60 days, 70 days, whatever. Like people like they, they kind of, it's an emotional thing too. They just want to get it done. So just because something again is listed high, doesn't mean um, the seller doesn't want to sell or is there's no deals out there. So that's how we find deals every day. We, we just talk to people. We tell them like, this is the math. If we were to buy this at this, we're going to make this. That's why our offers, it's not that we're low and mean. It's just, we're in a business so we can get it done, mm -hmm. but it's going to be at this price. And you know, that's, I would say people, if they just base it off a of list price they're yeah, they're never going to, they're, it's going to be very difficult to find mm -hmm. a deal. You got to, you got to call and make offers. Yeah. So you said math there. I mean, I've kind of, I've followed some of Jerry's stuff as well, but like, you know, I've heard like 0.67 or like 67% or 70% of ARV. What do you actually break it down? What do you look at? What's, you know, what fits your market or your yeah. model? Yeah. If you have time, you should come to a masterclass tonight. It's, uh, it's at four. So it's an hour and a half. I actually teach people how to do deals wholesale the way I do it. Um, I don't go by like a, a rule set like that because 67% minus repairs, minus fees, like you'll never find anything like good luck. Right. Or even 70%, 75. Um, mm -hmm. Like, but I know my criteria of my buyers, like the ones that are looking for stuff and the value I provide to them is that they don't have to scour the MLS wholesalers deals off market. I bring them what meets their criteria and I kind of know what meets their criteria. And then they, they pay me a fee if I bring them a deal. So, mm -hmm. uh, so to answer your question, like what's a deal it's, it depends on who you're bringing the deal to, right? The, some yep. guy might be able to pay more. I just talk, look, I'll give you this quick example. Um, I went to a property, the one that was full of dog poop. Uh, I brought it to one of my buyers. I walked it and I said, Hey, what would you pay for this? I got ARV at like 480. I think you'd need to be at like 300,000 because this needs like a big repair for it to make sense. The guy's like, I can do around like 320. So then I called the seller, make the offer. He's like, 320, that's a terrible offer. I got someone at 410. So I'm like, 410, that's that's probably someone that's messing around with you. They're going to waste your time. It's probably a new investor that doesn't know what they're doing. So I called him today. And he's like, yeah, close, 410. So I was like, dude, who who bought that? There's no way they're making money on that deal. So he gave me the, the guy's info. I called him. And this guy, this buyer is actually a flipper. He just has um, access to hedge funds, like different people that have higher amount of money, like higher capital. So he beat my buyer and like what we were able to pay by like 60, 70, $80,000 because he knows something like he has different um, resources than I do. Mm -hmm. So now my goal is who am I going to bring a deal to now? I'm bringing it to that guy because he can pay more than my guy. Um, so I think I'm just letting you know that if you base it off of like a 60, 70, 80, you can fail a lot as a wholesaler because you can, you're going to lose out into deals. Like the guy I just talked to, who's like, well, what are you talking about? I got $240 million I have to place. I don't Sometimes I'll buy a crappy deal if it's in the right area. It's kind of like fund or institutional type money. Yeah. So it's an interesting game. It's like who, when you're an investor, like kind of like what I'm doing is like finding properties. I'm really determining who's got the most money who's got like who's looking for what and let me give it to them 
and and make my fee. Mm -hmm. And the value I have is they didn't know about that deal. I brought it to them. I get paid. And uh, so, yeah, person with the best buyers wins. Totally how it goes, especially when you're selling. Um, you can't blame them for taking the highest offer. Um, another question too, I think maybe one of the last questions I have, because you said, you mentioned that you had a certain amount of time. Um, contractors or fix up actual labor, how have you been going about it? It seems like probably up in, uh, more up in your market, it's becoming more available. Sometimes like some of these rural areas, like right now I'm in Moab and contractors are charging an arm and a leg for mm -hmm. everything they're doing. Is yeah. it still that way up there? Or how are you going about that? So as a wholesaler, we don't fix and flip our properties, mm -hmm. but if I were to fix and flip one, yeah, it is, it is kind of a, a, not only finding the work, but finding someone that's actually good. Like if you find someone that's good and trustworthy, they're usually pretty expensive and busy. So that's kind of the, 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 the difficult part. And that's why, like, if someone's going to stay in their lane and just fix and flip, they usually have their own crews. But if you're going to mm -hmm. dabble and fix and flip like one in a little bit, you, yeah, you're going to run into some issues. You don't know if your, your person's legit. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I would say makes sense. Yeah. Flipping and doing it here and there without like understand the process or having a good referral. It can be risky too. Interesting. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I don't think I technically have any other questions at this point. You kind of answered a lot. The biggest thing I think sometimes, I think even my own personal was just trying to get over, I guess that mentality. I, I think wholesaling kind of had a black mark on it to me at least yeah. initially and oh, I, totally get I just that. i get wholesale callers for my houses and all these things and these guys just have no idea what they're doing no, and so no. i think sometimes that kind of references or sometimes it's like a hired virtual assistant that just Bro. is trying to read a script it's so. painful dog it's painful and that's why i like what i have is it called painless wholesale or painless flipping because like i don't tell people to go out and just go talk to a bunch of people, ask them what they're selling. Like it's just, you don't even know what you're doing. Like you're wasting time. You, a lot of people are locking up properties that and getting them under contract and they have no idea who they're going to sell them to and they don't have a deal. So I, I teach people start with the buyers first. Like for example, for you, if you wanted a house, I'd say, what are you looking for? And then I would, you know, if it came across my desk or if I marketed for it, then we'd have a better opportunity to do work together versus me just calling every absentee owner in Utah and trying to get lucky. Like that's just, mm -hmm. you know, you cut the black mark. So when I first started wholesaling, I kind of had that thought too, as I was talking to every seller, I was, my, my mindset was like the wrong mindset. I was like, how can I convince people to take this low offer? That's what I thought I was doing. But as you get deeper into it and when that, this is when you sleep good at night is like, Hey, look, I can't convince anyone to take a cash offer. I just need to find people that are selling and tell them their options, list it, mm -hmm. flip it, keep it. Um, I can give you one of my agent friends or I can wholesale it. Like I can buy it or I can assign it to one of my partners. That's when you start be feeling really confident and there's no black mark because it's like, Hey, you, I told you what you could do. You chose, you wanted the quick close. It's up to you. Uh, mm -hmm. so then it's really not anything other than just, you know, they want a quick sale and that's fine. We can help them out with that. Well, and I've seen, I've seen the same thing. And like, you know, on the realtor side of things, there's really bad agents out there. $700 and a little course and a test and you're an agent <laughs> yeah right, like right. it's less than all these other things so i've seen it is dual also on that licensing part of it in utah you don't have to be a licensed agent to wholesale is that correct that is correct you do not need a license i know they're trying to crack down on that in other states but here you don't need it but again 
it comes back to like if they ever try to regulate the assignment, which is like you can't get it under contract and assign it somewhere else, there's always going to be different ways to get around it. Like mm-hmm. you can't stop someone trying to – there's just always going to be flexible ways of – like I said, LLC. Like if you buy it with an LLC and then you make one of the members of whoever buys it, like a new member of the LLC, then they're going to own the property. So, Yeah, well, and like after – I guess after studying wholesaling or digging deep into a lot of stuff, like I watched your content, Jerry's content, went down you know the rabbit hole on wholesaling after this $105,000 wholesale fee – um, cause I was like, how do I make that? But yes, you know, of course not, it's, it's not, amazing. Not my business model. Um, the thing is, is like, after going down that rabbit hole, I kind of realized that like, like having as an agent, like knowing how to assign stuff, like I can still assign things like a buyer gets a, it's a, gets a deal contract and he wants to bow out. And the other guy's like, yo dude, I'd give the seller 15 grand more. And if the seller is okay with it, the buyer is okay with it, that buyer could make five grand from walking away from that contract on an assignment. That's totally that's, legal. And that's actually what the assignment uh, agreement was for, was like in situations where you couldn't close on it, but you didn't want to lose out on your earnest money or the deal and you wanted to keep good faith, you could assign your agreement to someone else, right? Mm-hmm. But now there's fees involved, which is, you know, it's fine as well. Like if if the seller, this is the thing, like if a seller agrees to 400000 and you and that's the best deal that they chose. And then, you know, someone will pay 420. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that's like, you know, that's, you knew someone that was willing to pay more. Does that 420? Is that technically, did that guy pay more? Who knows? Like people pay more than they should all the time, in my opinion, but they still do well, it. Yeah. If you're flipping a house and you're going to make a significant amount of money and you took a $10,000 haircut because the buyer wasn't happy with something like, mm-hmm. you know, it's still chill. A lot of times yeah. people are, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 just because they know market's softer and Hey, I'm happy to get this actually sold. Yeah, so. for sure. Well, if there's any ways we can work together, for example, if you ever have a seller who's like, doesn't want to list it, but wants to explore their options, you can let me know. And I'll talk to them. I'll just say, Hey, this is what, what it would look like if you took a cash offer. This would look like if we did an ovation and we kind of fixed up, fixed up your house and partnered on listing it together. Mm-hmm. So we do that as well, where we, I don't know if you've heard of this yet, novations, but it's like you, you partner with the seller, you have them sign an attorney, um, power of attorney, and you're allowed to list it in their behalf and you put your, you put work into their home. So when they sell it, you can get a fee by listing it retail on the MLS. And so like, is that like novation basically, it's almost like you're fixing it up as if you're flipping it, but is that novation like, by all means, I'm going to make $15,000 off of this. Is that what a novation clause is? Yeah, That's... I don't know exactly what it states, but I, I know it allows you to list a property you do not own in the behalf of the seller. And, and when you sell it, you can accept a fee mm-hmm. when you're selling it to um, like a traditional, like a bank, like finance, someone that gets their money from traditional financing. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That may make more sense because the seller, you know, Maybe they, they own their house house out, outright and they're they don't like debt and it's like you can throw a little bit of money, partner up and yeah, yeah. Get them and some a, lot of, for it. a lot of the situations where innovations come into play is like sellers like, hey, you know, I want to sell my house for you know two ten. It needs it barely needs anything, but I just, you know, I don't want to list it. And then you could say, Hey, look, we can we can do this deal for you and we're willing to put in like, you know, a new kitchen or a new bathroom. So it can get this top dollar, but because I'd be willing to put that money in there, 
um, you know, I'd obviously want to get compensated. So let's list this, you know, when the sellers come in, they have their concessions and what they want. I'll take care of it. I'll pay for the fees. And then obviously I'll get you what we agreed on. You wanted 210, I'll get you 220. And then you would have to list that thing like 280 and you know, the fees, you pay all the fees and you still make money. No, it makes sense. Like in the, uh, on the real estate side of things, on the brokerage side of things, I've seen big brokerages in big cities do exactly that same thing where they're like, yeah, I'll cover this. If you give me some more money, you know, like, and, and above market commission, I'll put $15,000 of my own money into your house. Yeah. That's it. You that's know? all it is. Yeah. It's like, it hey, put some more money. It's, it's really just flipping their house without having to close on it and take all the closing costs. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's the way to do it. Okay. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate your time. And, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch base or touch on and happy to stay in touch. And yeah, let's you know, stay we're not, in touch. not really in the wholesaling model, but we're definitely in the, in the selling model on that side of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stay in touch. And it, again, if you come into any opportunities where there, it would be an opportunity for cash or, uh, you know, a seller that wants, needs to fix it up and isn't one to list it yet. Like I got you covered and we can, we can JV, we can work on it. We can split the commission. You can let them know what we're doing. It's all, it's, it's all pretty transparent. All good. Yeah. Things like that totally exist. So cool, I really man. appreciate it, Nathan. Yeah. So. Yeah. L let me know if you need anything else. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks for your time. Tyson. See you.